submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story... The Tale of Station 109.1. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome back to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And I'm Kevin. And um, yeah, talk about a detour heading south. This is a uh, this is going to be something. This is going to be uh, something different than we we normally do. I don't know why I'm so excited for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm way more excited than I should be for a terrible '90s TV show. Um, it, this is something that probably is the reason I got into horror as much as I did was watching this at such at such a young age. And I'm sure a lot of uh, peers in the horror community community at my age uh, would feel the same. Uh, I, I read a lot of goosebumps growing up. I never really watched the TV show. I just, it, it's something never connected with me with the TV show, but this show um, I, I was a big fan of. So I was interested because I think I've watched one episode uh, being an adult. I went back to there's one about a taxi in the woods that picks some, someone up. And then I think there's like I think it's the final episode they ever aired was about a vampire in a hospital. Hmm. And it was it was actually pretty terrifying and it held up pretty well. Uh, so I've I've only watched a few. So I was curious to see how some of these other ones would hold up. And uh, I guess we'll get to it as we get to it here. So <laughs> how yeah. I felt about it. So what we're talking about here, uh, if you guys uh, are excited from last week, uh, are you afraid of the dark? Uh, season five, episode three, uh, the tale of station one oh nine point one. This is uh, the reason I want to bring up season five is because the air date on this was 11, 11, 1995. So the original and I'm sure you're going to talk a little bit about the history of this. It. um this I don't know if this was a Canadian production that Nickelodeon picked up or if it was co-financed by a Canadian station, but I remember this was like this and a couple other shows were part of Nickelodeon launching uh, Snick at Night, right? That was like yes. the big weekend yeah. um, because for the longest time, Nickelodeon, the network, would do like kids programming during the day and then it would just become Nick at Night at nighttime. And this was like their kind of attempt at, um, which I think eventually Nick and Knight just became TV land, right? That's, that's what happened. It, it's shifted over to a whole channel, I think. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think they ended up doing it like one night a week or something. They would do like Saturday night would be like Nick at night or Snick or something. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Um, it was Saturday night. It was Saturday night. Nick at night. I think it was Snick. That's why they called it Snick. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. 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 So they would just do it Saturday. The rest of the week would just be uh, TV land or whatever. Um, yeah. It was a Canadian show, um, at least for the first five seasons. I believe it was produced in Canada. I'm not quite sure. But the ep- the whole series was created by a guy named DJ McHale and Ned. um 
oh, I can't read my handwriting. Candell, I believe it was. Um, not too much to note about their careers. A lot of TV work for writing and producing and everything. And uh, DJ McHale ended up directing and writing a lot of episodes for the show. Um, but yeah, it, it was picked up by Nick in 1991 and it ran for five seasons through 1996. Um, ended up going off the air for a few years and it was revived for a few more seasons, two more to be exact, uh, in 1999 to 2000. Um, and I'm not quite sure if those were Canadian produced episodes or not, but, um, yeah, so it, it ran for a long time, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. And they they still play reruns on some channels because there's multiple Nick channels now. Yeah, and it, I'm I'm sure I watch a lot of them rerun because I'm sure uh, being much younger than you, born in 1988, uh, I was not watching these at two years old and remembering <laughs> them. So I'm I'm sure I watch a lot of it. Uh, uh, reruns, but I do remember watching that episode about the uh, vampires in the hospital from season seven. I remember watching that live with like a group of friends coming over. So some some good memories with the show. Yeah, and just uh, just I, I'll mention my own connection to the show, which isn't much, but uh, that we mentioned I mentioned Nick and Knight, and I think TV Land. I think Nick and Knight is actually uh, they showed Time Element in its entirety like when they brought it back. So I think that ties back to our very first episode. I think Nick and Knight actually aired the, you know, the original quote unquote pile of the twilight zone. So that's a bit of a connection to this, uh, yeah. in terms of you know, its programming. So, um, my, I, yeah, you're, I am older than you. Um, uh, like I, I don't act like it, but I, you know, I was born in 78. So, um, I was in high school from 92 to 96. So this was kind of, this was obviously on the air when I was in high school. I, I was a little too old for this. Like, I, I mean, when it first came on, I was a freshman in high school. I remember like the big thing about snick at night. And I, I really, I watched the first couple and I thought it was okay. But the, you also got to consider too, this is at the time whenever X files was first coming on the air too. And that was much more in my wheelhouse, you know, being a high yeah. schooler. Um, yeah, than, than this, but uh, the reference of being young and watching something that messes you up. I was the like six or seven when the the '80s run of the Twilight Zone was on, and that screwed me up for a long time. So I can relate to maybe being a little younger for some of these scary things. So um, this episode with its air date of eleven eleven ninety five, this will make you laugh. I had just turned seventeen the month before, so this <laughs> is your point of reference, right? Um, so it was my senior year going into 96. So, um, you know, just four touchdowns in one game, but I never played football. Uh, (laughs) number one song, Mariah Carey's fantasy. Um, number one film was get shorty, but since this aired on a Saturday, um, like that wasn't the true box office. So the, 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 the movie that won that weekend was uh, Ace Ventura when nature calls. So fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I found a headline from uh, the uh, from eleven eleven ninety five that this will this will uh, make you sad. Cleveland Plain dealer, dealer main story was um, actually this was from a week before. Sorry, November fourth. Art Modell confirms discussing deal to relocate the Browns to Baltimore. Oh, um, oh no! And then what a- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a horror well, story. That makes me want to bury myself in some mashed potatoes. <laughs> Let me tell you. Right? Just like a shrimp stuck in some mashed potatoes. So, yeah. um, and then just another point of reference as well. Just 10 days after this episode would air, 10 or 11 days after, uh, Toy Story was released in theaters. So that was the first uh, computer animated feature film. So think about all that. Like that Toy Story doesn't seem that long ago, but it really was, you know? And I mean, 
this is this is one of those things I could talk about because I was alive when it aired versus a lot of the Twilight Zone that we've talked about. So there, there's all your points of reference, and yeah, you know, we, no Cold War references. So that's, yeah, no, no dead racehorses, but I'm sure there were. So anyway, uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I got nothing else. So the Browns were leaving. Um, I was in high school. You know, and Get Shorty was playing, and Ace Ventura was falling out of the ass of a rhino. That's what was going on at this time. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't really have too much else on the history of the show. I mean, it's a it's a Nickelodeon TV show, uh, <laughs> but I figure I'd go into it a little bit just in case we ever come back to this. I I don't know um, how everyone listening to this show is going to feel about this, but we'll, we'll give it a shot. Yeah. So we'll jump into cast and crew here. Um, directed by Ron Oliver, who uh, uh, not really connected to his work, but he was neighbors and good friends with uh, one of my favorite actors, Udo Kier. Oh. And uh, Udo Kier actually got ordained to marry Ron Oliver to his wife. Oh. So Udo Kier actually like officiated his wedding. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so uh, th- I thought that was really cool because uh, if any anyone that knows me knows how much I love him. So um, very strange, very strange connection that I did not think I was going to be finding on this. Uh, but he directed 17 episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark and 16 episodes of Goosebumps, which it, I, I never really uh, I, I never really knew but there's a lot of crossover between the two shows as far <laughs> as uh, people working on it. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I'm not quite sure if Goosebumps was a Canadian production as well. I'm not sure. But did you see Ron Oliver's IMDb photo? Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I, I will I, wait. I while bring you it up, up quick here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he looks like somebody that uh, he looks like that would the have directed bigger, fatter liar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So Ron Oliver. Yeah. He also directed five episodes of Animorphs. I just want to bring that up because I know I'll oh. never bring up that show ever again. And that's another thing I past my time but i know people like it so yeah um, i i think i read one of the books when i was in school and i it wasn't my thing um but something horror movie fans might be interested in he wrote prom night 2 which i know a lot of people love uh hello mary lou which ties back to the last episode twilight zone with that character name um and then directed prom night 3 yeah so those were his like first two uh jobs he took on and uh, Prom Night 2 is a is a pretty crazy film if you haven't seen it. I have not, but I'm kind of yeah, interested now. So it is it's it's a bizarre thing. So I, I don't I don't know if I want to call it a movie, but it's a bizarre <laughs> thing. Uh, uh, next up, the episode was written by Scott Peters, who did six episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark and six episodes of Goosebumps. Didn't and, really have much else. A lot of TV work for a lot of these people. And two episodes of Highlander. Got to point that out. Yeah, was um, I the other night just watched an episode of uh, um, oh my god now it just left my mind Xena uh, oh. and I forgot how bad that show is <laughs> it's, it's not good I, I was mm. I always remember that being really uh, really high quality TV oh it no is, no uh, it never was no I mean it was yeah it, it, it was, was bad it was tongue in cheek purely tongue in cheek you know and uh 
I, yeah, I, that's the, that was, that was part of that animation pack, not animation pack, syndication pack with that Hercules. And then like two other shows that Sam Raimi was trying to produce. And that was like, the big thing was that they're producing new episodes for syndication. So they always ended up on like, like, um, whatever TV stations locally didn't have like Fox or CBS or ABC. So you could count on them to show up on those stations. Yeah. Was it Briscoe County Jr.? No, that was Fox. That was- Fox. Was it Fox? Okay. Yeah. All right. That always kind of had the same feel. Yeah. Um, the, that actually was and, on and, around and same the same time. The Highlander as this. show kind of had the same feel as Hercules and Xena. Yeah. That, that's that's so fair. I, I don't think it was the same production team, but um, yeah. 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 So not not much else to really talk <laughs> uh, about with him. But <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Scott Peters. He also, his last major work that I saw was on that V reboot that they tried doing on ABC for like a season and a half. So when did, when did they reboot that? You don't like remember three that or four years ago. They had, um, Oh, uh, what's her name? She is the girlfriend of Deadpool and you know, in Deadpool. And she was also in Firefly with, uh, Monica, but, but I can't remember her name, but she was like huh. one of the leads in that. Um, but yeah, I don't, so, even, I don't even remember that. That's weird. Yeah. Well, no one does now cause it didn't last long. So yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll jump into cast here. We have uh, Zach Carlin, who plays Chris Leary in the episode. Uh, really not much to talk about him. This was his only episode of Goosebumps. Or he was in one episode <laughs> of Goosebumps, and this was his only episode in uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, we have the Ryan Gosling as Jamie Laurie, or Leary, his brother. Um yeah, it's Ryan Gosling. Everybody knows who he is. Yeah, he's two years younger than me, so that made me feel really bad about myself. And he, you might also know him from something called Blade Runner 2049, which I would argue yeah. that he shows more emotional in his face in this episode than he does in Blade Runner. <laughs> or Drive. Um, I, I love I love Ryan Gosling. I, I, I absolutely love him as an actor. Um, he looks exactly the same. He does. Like, he honestly does. I it put a little bit more grease in his hair, slick it back a little bit. Like I probably wouldn't be able to tell how old he is. And he was, uh, uh, he was young Hercules and the Hercules prequel. So it's funny you mentioned Xena because they actually did a prequel <laughs> series to Hercules and he was in that. So <laughs> that's amazing. He would grow up to be Kevin Sorbo. Then we know it. So yeah. Then our, our next big name in this, which I totally forgot when we <laughs> talked about this episode on uh, the static episode of twilight zone, uh, Gilbert Gottfried, as uh roy yeah i did not know until i started watching the episode i was like what like i uh because i like it because he gets he gets like front billing like when they actually show like like the names of the people in the episode his is first and i was like this is going to be something special because yeah i i just didn't want to i was reading down the cast i skipped over him because i didn't want to i didn't want to say that uh to kick it off yeah um yeah i i i don't know how i forgot that he was in this episode um it's he he plays Gilbert Gottfried, so yeah, and 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 he's actually the high point of the whole thing because he actually, well, like, and Ryan Gosling, he, sure, um, um, and then the the shrimp had more emotion than than, but uh, I, so oh oh no, uh, yeah, Come right, uh, but at least Gilbert Gottfried, like like, there's even some bits where he kind of he he plays a little a little somber, you know, and it actually kind of works, and we'll get there. I mean, because the plot on this thing is just—it's just—it's one thing after another. But he—I liked him in this. Actually, I thought he was actually needed. Like, if he wasn't in this, this would have been a slog. Yeah, um, don't really have too much else. I—I I did write down David Francis, who plays Daniel Carpenter. Uh, he was in Scanners Two, uh, Phase Four, which is an interesting sci-fi film. Uh, he was in Three Hundred, strangely enough, and 
uh, had a fairly big role in 2001 A Space Travesty with Leslie Nielsen, uh, which I, for some reason, have a soft spot for that terrible film. He um, he actually was also a doctor in the movie Beastly from 2011, if you remember when that whole big, we're going to take everything and turn it into Twilight with like monsters that are just pretty and not uh, actually. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I stopped. Yeah, so there you go. So yeah, he was in that. I, I, I remember the artwork for that when I worked at FYE, but mm-hmm. I never watch it yep i mean that, that implies that i did and i did not watch it so no okay <laughs> yeah i don't want to imply that but no uh, yeah so that's all i got from him yeah uh, so uh you want to jump into in the, the plot here well yeah but i got a couple other notes here because you know me i like sure. really dig it in here uh dennis st john yeah. was the old man there were so many so many small characters yeah. in this of just people in the background that I, I clicked through a few and I was like, I give up. There's yeah. nobody interesting. <laughs> but, uh, but so, uh, prove me wrong here, please. I won't. But uh, Dennis St. John is the old man. Uh, he's the one that's like, you know, I need a ride or whatever. Um, and he somehow magically drives a car at the end. But whatever. He was also in 300. And his, he was listed as Spartan Baby Inspector. So I appreciated that. Um, Jason <laughs> Cavalier. Yeah, I know. That's the weirdest credit I've ever heard. <laughs> Jason Cavalier, which that's the, if that isn't an adult actor name, I don't know. Uh, he played Sid the mechanic. Uh, he uh, actually would be in another episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? But he d- he does a lot of stunt work now, and he actually was in uh, doing stunts for X Men: Days of Future Past. Um, oh, cool. Bill Cordry, which is not the same one that we'd think of, uh, is the scared looking man as he was li- labeled in this episode. Uh, so he's still working. I don't know. I put that down because like the parents in this episode were only like in this and like nothing else. Um, and then Doris Malcolm is the elderly woman that you see in the group of three, I think that are asking how to, to, to get home or whatever. It was yeah. her last appearance. So I feel bad that she was in an episode dealing with, uh, people passing on to the other side and she literally, this yeah. is the last time you saw her. So how do, how do I get home to the next life? Uh, uh right through this episode, man. <laughs> <laughs> like when she fades off camera, that might've been it. We don't know. You know, yeah. so anyway. so yeah, that's 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 what I got. So I did not impress you, uh, Spartan Baby Inspector. But yeah, please let's. let's yeah, that, that's a that's an amazing credit. And uh, <laughs> the stunt man, I probably follow on Instagram because I follow like every Hollywood stunt uh, <laughs> stunt man for some reason. So yeah, like he should um, still call himself Sid the Mechanic because I feel like that's a cool name. But that's Jason, a sweet stunt name. Yeah, but Jason Cavalier, that's like, like that's a great name too. I don't know, Jason Cavalier. I, just lo- <laughs> I like the idea of like Brian Singer on uh, set just like who do we need we need uh sid the mechanic <laughs> do the stunt <laughs> yeah. amazing um so, yeah jason cavalier yeah that's that's not bad either yeah like, so yeah I, I just feel like that's kind of a jason cavalier is like like a like a lower tier marvel or dc like alter ego for somebody right it's like watch out like commonly known as jason cavalier but he fights crime as sid the mechanic i don't know <laughs> just throws wrenches at people <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right anyway let's let's get let, i i don't have a certainly intro for this surprisingly enough so let's just get into the plot um yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Please. So as in all of these episodes, it always starts with the midnight society introducing the episode and everything. So, uh, he introduces it with a bunch of radios and what if there's a signal coming from beyond the grave? And th- that's your little setup for the episode. Yeah. And the fact that um, this is this, this kid's second attempt to get into the midnight society, you know? So yeah, it was, it was a long running thing through a few seasons of, uh, the kid that nobody liked trying to prove himself to get into this, uh, quote unquote gang. Yeah. 
I'm gonna call it a gang. I yeah, I'm, I'm I just gonna call them all assholes because they were just all terrible to each other. You know, I just felt really bad. And at the end, he, like it, we'll get to the very very end because it's like it was very very awkward the ending of this episode. But yeah, he uh, I liked that he's like everybody bring a radio out and play tune into your favorite station. And I'm just like like. I like that all these kids happen to have radios with them. Like, I know he asked well, them to bring them. Well, he told them to bring but, the, but it was, like, all, like, boom boxes, you know? Like, and it, this is what it felt like. And then they all played their all music at the same time. And, and it was just... Uh, I, it was just very awkward as well. And it's like... and I, But you fast forward to now, everybody would just have their phones out playing their favorite song. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, anyway. You get a creepy phone call. All <laughs> right. So, anyway, the, the episode um, opens with what you think is a funeral. But it turns out that... It's just a kid laying in his bed and his room is decorated as if he was in a casket and it was his funeral. So his mom walks in and wakes him up and uh, he goes down for dinner. And this is the mashed potatoes thing I was discussing. He was eating shrimp and mashed potatoes and carrots for dinner. And ham. Is, there was ham yeah, on that ham. plate too. And there was a single uh, shrimp. Pretty disgusting mix of food. Yeah. And the mashed potatoes look disgusting. Like, don't open a scene on somebody just shoving forks into mashed potatoes. Like, I, I don't know why I was so disgusted by this whole dinner. Yeah, and I don't understand, like, the single shrimp. That just seemed very, like, an odd thing to have off to the yeah. side. I don't That's know. That's what I mean. Yeah, the, this is weird. Yeah, You really just throw shrimp on top like here's your dinner yeah like it's fancy now here you go <laughs> i mean that's 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 canadian thanksgiving right in there i don't know if you know that or not but uh yeah that's what they do um but yeah ham and one piece of shrimp on top of mashed potatoes <laughs> yeah, you know, fantastic and then, and then maple syrup that's what they do uh so, <laughs> I, so but but there's this whole thing like the, like they really lean into this kid um being like obsessed with like death right so like yeah, the, he's got a morbid uh, infatuation with it his parents are okay with it like they're this like oh he'll he'll basically they get the idea of, like he'll grow out of it but like he takes the shrimp and puts it in the mashed potatoes and he's like i wonder what it's like to be buried alive and then he puts a like you know a cross of carrots into the potatoes and it's just it you really get like this kid's supposed to be like obsessed with death and just like a creep you know and yeah. Yeah. we we get the mom uh uh obviously kind of uh uh taken taken off uh guard by it she says uh pass the grave uh, I mean, I mean gravy. Yeah. Which is, and, and, oh my god, what a great joke! And you wonder why she only <laughs> appeared in this one episode and nothing else. Uh, so <laughs> terrible. Uh, but then you get like Ryan Gosling at one point. Somehow he walks in front of the camera as um as you see the kid outside like putting a bug in a, a jar and like at, you know basically like killing this bug. And and Ryan and Ryan Gosling is just like what was it? What a creep or whatever he says. What and a then, cheese head. What a cheese head. And then he walks out of frame. It was like very just like I'm going to wink at the camera, and let you know that I'm I'm the you know the older brother that's a jerk. Um, but it was which just, at yeah. at this point is so funny to have that introduction to Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Like watching it now and just having him come on screen like what a cheese head. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It is. Um, um, please. Yeah. So you find out that he works at a, a with a mechanic shop and uh, he's working on a car and he explains that his younger brother was playing capture the flag in a graveyard. And since then he's had this weird, like I said, morbid infatuation with death and the, the mechanics just like, well, why don't you just snap him out of it? And that's all, that's all you really get with the mechanic. But so Gosling walks over and you see that there's like an old, almost hot rod hearse parked next to it. And, um, yeah, you see that you see the gear is turning at that point. 
Um, so he gets the idea and he goes up to the kid's room, his, his brother's room, and he <laughs> another one of these jokes. I know it's supposed to be for a kid's show, but he's like, What game are you playing? He's like, Hangman. I'm like, I'm like, oh, come on. You know, <laughs> but but then he just tells him, he's like, Hey, I got keys to this hearse, and he's like, and then there was a dead body in it recently. And then the kid, he 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 he's excited about death, but he also gets like a little kid excited, like, really? Can I go look at it? Like it was like really funny how he perked up and he's like, Yeah, let's go look at the hearse. You know, and then yeah. the kids is getting obsessed. He's like, "Oh, I wonder, I wonder." Like, basically, he's just like talking about all like what's going on in the hearse, and he goes to lay down, and and then Ryan Gosling's like, "You know, oh no, no, take it for like, you know, take it for a spin or whatever he says, you know," and and then closes the door on him, and the kid's pretending to be dead and announcing his own funeral, you know. Yeah, and so uh, Gosling hooks a battery up to it and uh, ends up starting the car, and the radio starts blaring and everything, and. Uh, yeah, obviously, kid can't get out of the car, so he he goes up to the front and turns the car off, turns the radio off, and the radio turns itself back on by itself. And you hear a voice come through, and it's uh, announcing itself as the radio for the dimensionally challenged. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> that's fun. a good joke. And you hear you hear a voice coming through, which I wrote down. It was like a mix of Peter Laurie and uh, Orson Welles mixed <laughs> together uh, as the DJ on the station, which I love. I yeah. love. And when you find out who is behind the voice, it's even better. Yeah. So, um, so he hears this, and then he goes into his house. And well, like, at first, at oh, first, Gosling, sorry. as he's running away from the oh, hearse, right. he runs into an old man who asks him, uh, "How do I find my way home?" And the man, as Gosling runs away, vanishes. That's right. I'm sorry. I, I, I've watched I can't this episode remember the twice, character names yeah. of these episodes. Yeah. I'm trying to keep the name straight, but I'm just going to refer to him as Gosling. <laughs> Gosling, it's not Chris, Gosling. Chris and Jamie. Gosling's yeah. name is Jamie. Yeah. So like the old man, he just, you know, he just evaporates. And then, uh, the, the, um, the young kid, um, you just said his name. <laughs> I Chris, know. I, Chris the kid, goes in and, Chris. Talk, and talks to, uh, to Jamie and, um, he's like talking about the radio. Cause he's like trying to tune in. Like, doesn't he like tune it? He tries to tune in on the regular radio at his house and he brings it up. Right. And yeah, then, and yeah, then um, you can still bring it up, and it's it's got that same Peter Lorre <laughs> voice coming yeah. through. Uh, so he goes upstairs and uh, looks it up on his uh, internet, <laughs> and he finds that there is no station assigned to that number. Yeah, but also Jamie doesn't care and wants to listen to um, what's the show name? I have it written here, uh, Clark and Ryan. He's like, I don't want to miss like Clark and Ryan. So he, he turns the radio back to Clark and Ryan, which that's important later. Uh, yes, but the, yeah. the website www.radiospace.com is still a real site, and I, I also recommend that you go look at it right now because it is not current internet, but it doesn't look as bad as uh, the internet that you see in that episode. Um, oh man, that's like <laughs> Windows ninety five. Yeah, it's so good. That's um, amazing. Still has copyright uh, two thousand eighteen on the website, right? so somebody's still updating it. Um, so, uh, so wow. what? What a great uh, tie-in! Like that website uh, owner must have been pumped, right? He's he's, he's he's still making that. Uh, Are you afraid of the dark money? You know. Like, uh, <laughs> so. Chris, like he finds that, like, you know, he did like a previous search or something and found that the, the station, even though it didn't exist, it did exist at one point, I guess. And he finds the address, writes it down. And he goes to go find station 109.1. Yeah. So when he, when he goes outside, he ends up being, uh, there's a bunch of, uh, elderly people outside and they're all asking him how to find their way home. They're looking for the way home. And he's like, I, I, I don't know. And just runs past them. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he finds the station and enters and you hear funeral music and it's foggy and, 
It, it looks like 90s horror TV. It's great. I love it. Yeah, it's it's kind of a fun, like, it, it's like a low-budget Beetlejuice-style, like, yeah. waiting room. Yeah, I appreciate that. The, uh, I forget what that office is called in Beetlejuice, but it's definitely the same idea. Yeah. So, like, these people are waiting in line, and he he just wants to go to the front and try to, you know, see what's going on. He knocks on the, the door. It says, like, you know, was it don't open or something. I forget exactly what it says. But he knocks I think it on says it. do not knock on the window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, that's when you meet Gilbert Godfrey's character. And he, he opens immediately and starts yelling at the kid. Very much what like what else does he do? <laughs> very much like the Wizard of Oz guy at the door. Like, like you're like, what are you doing? You know, that kind of thing. You know, and he just kind of berates the kid. And he's like, you know, there's this thing going on where you're not like basically just kind of like, like saying you're not in line. You know, and I thought that was kind of funny. Hey, you see what these other people are doing, how they're just waiting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> lined up like, why don't you get to the back of the line? So he closes the window on him and then I, I think he knocks again or something. He's like, all right, just come on, come through the door. So he comes through the door, takes him in and slaps a, uh, a nice slap bracelet. on. Yes. Him, uh, the slap which, bracelet of doom. Yeah, it was uh, the most scared I've ever been of a slap bracelet. <laughs> Although I was in an antique store, uh, uh, last weekend. Yeah, two weekends ago, maybe. Um, and they had, it was just a metal slap bracelet with like text printed on it. Ugh. I was like, that looks like the most dangerous thing I've ever seen. So that might be the most afraid I've ever been of a slap bracelet. <laughs> that was the life. whole thing, right? Like they would, they, they would get frayed and they cut people. That's why they kind yeah. of, yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. That's why, well, they started making them out of plastic in like the, oh, well, that's not probably fun. mid to late 90s. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe. back in my maybe. day, you, you, you accepted maybe. the risk of a slap band, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, the, the thing has a number on it. Passage. Yeah, <laughs> there's a number on it, and then, like, but you, and it actually, this is like the the one thing the episode does pretty well is uh, other than letting Gilbert Godfrey just run all over it because I mean, if you have him, you let him talk. Uh, the the waiting room announcement, like you hear in the background, would like read off the numbers. And it, it was kind of like it was you get the idea like, you know, he you see the number on his wrist, you hear the number being called and, you know, eventually it becomes a ticking clock scenario. And it actually does a pretty good job of reminding you of what's about to happen. Yeah, this episode like is pretty competently made. Like yeah. to say what you will, it, it held up better than I thought it would. Some of the acting's kind of kind of bad, but what do you expect? I mean, just the plot um, is like it is just all over the place, you know. And I get it. Yeah, it, like you aim. You they aim tried a to low. fit a little too much into a yeah. twenty-minute episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he tells him that he goes through his information. And he's like, "Oh yeah, Daniel Carpenter uh, died today." Um, it goes through all this and. Um, Chris tries to explain to him that it was a mistake and everything. And at that moment we have whosoever number is just called the next guy gets dragged through the door and he's yelling that it was a mistake as well. And there's like black hooded figures that push him through this really Gothic ornate door. Yeah. And, uh, it, yeah, that door design is pretty sweet. It like, is sweet. I'll, I, give, it, I'll yeah. give it to him. Like, it's cool. <laughs> it was like, it's like almost like it was a castaway it's door like, from like the Legends of the Hidden Temple or something that they just had. I, like Hellraiser 3 or something. Yes. Just with all go. the faces sticking out of it kind of reminded me of the uh, the pole 
Yes. That the that the club owner has in his uh, apartment in that's, Hellraiser Three. That's a good call. I think maybe yeah. maybe it's kind of got the same production values as Hellraiser Three. When was Hellraiser now Three made? About it. I'm going to look that up real quick while we're talking because I'm wondering Probably. if maybe they watched this episode and got an idea for some art design. That would be. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. 1992. Oh, so, okay. So they watched Hellraiser well, Three. Maybe, maybe are you afraid of the dark? They got, got the yeah. production design from. Hellraiser three. I don't know. Probably not. I would be actually kind of terrified if any children's show took anything (laughs) from a Clive Barker story. So that's fair. Yeah. So, uh, so Chris gets away. Uh, he runs out of the, 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 uh, studio, I'm sorry. Um, the office and, um, no, actually he, is this, no, this is where he discovers the radio station portion of it, right? No, no, not yet. No, he runs home. Yeah. Uh, after all that. And he runs into, uh, Gosling again and he's trying to explain everything. And he can't hear him. Yeah. And uh, while he's trying to explain everything, get his attention, Gosling picks up the phone, calls a friend, and starts talking about the radio show Clark and Ryan again. Yeah, I like and, that because uh, he's just like, uh, he says, like, he's on the phone and he says something like, um, what was it? Um, oh, I think I'm just going to work on the hearse for a little while. Oh, yeah. I never miss Clark and Ryan. We'll probably listen to it in the hearse. Like, it's like these very specific <laughs> statements of what was going on. Well, you, gotta, you gotta let the audience know what's yeah, about to happen right. um, so he's like yeah I'm not moving and then immediately runs out of the room uh, which I thought was funny yeah. like, I'm not going anywhere and then runs away uh, so when he runs through the kitchen uh, through the kitchen door he ends up back at the radio station slash office whatever it is and he keeps running through different doors and he can't get out of the building yeah that's a nice so, touch. Uh, i like that yeah that's when he discovers that the radio station is in fact in this building and uh he tries to he tries to kind of like like what can i do to get out of the situation and Gilbert Caffrey thinks that he's trying to bribe him. He's like, everybody tries to give me money. Like, I'm dead. What am I going to do with it? Yeah, um, and he says, <laughs> like, I, I love the, it's it's such a dumb joke, but he's like, I don't make mistakes. When I was alive, I worked at the BMV. <laughs> yeah, that was a good joke. I wrote that down, too. I liked it. He's like, when I was alive, was I worked for the Department of Motor Vehicles. I thought that was awesome. It, it's, a, it's a dumb joke, but it made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, he gets the idea as Gilbert Godfrey walks away. He jumps on the radio and finds a frequency that uh, Clark and Ryan are going to be on and kind of hijacks that uh, station. So as uh, as Gosling's working on the hearse, as we knew he was going to be, um, he cuts through and he's like, yeah, I'm not falling for it. So when he turns around, that old man from before is back there and he says that he's Daniel Carpenter. And if you remember, <laughs> that's who uh gilbert godfrey thought that chris was yeah and so so then which uh, which daniel carpenter uh before i forget to mention this mm-hmm. looks like mike pence <laughs> <laughs> so if you're applying to me that mike pence is a ghost that's not moved on yet i i would um i might agree um that's so. what i'm implying <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, yeah i didn't like um so Jamie starts to believe and then he's like, Oh, well we need to get to the station. And then there's this bit where it's like, you see him in the passenger seat of the hearse arriving at station one Oh nine one. 
and it's implied that um, that Mike Pence was driving the car, but you never see Mabry in the car. But I'm also like, I know he hasn't passed over yet, but these are people that like they fade out of existence and they're ghosts. But yeah, sure, he could drive a car. That's fine because you know uh, Gosling's not old enough to drive a car, but he's old enough to work on one. You know, I yeah, thought that you was can't a- give kids bad ideas. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it was just really, really weird. I'm like, the ghost will know where to go. And then they, they show up to the station. Um, so they confront uh, uh, Gilbert well, The ghost is lost, has no idea where to go. He's trying to find the radio station and uh, drives a car to the radio station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, what, it's, they, whatever. Right. I'll that, let it go. There's one plot hole in this whole thing. Uh, so, well, um, Gosling no. knew the address. So I guess. Yeah, yeah, I get. I don't know. Um, Maybe he told the ghost where to go. <laughs> so dumb, right? So, so, but, <laughs> so, dumb. I love it. Oh, so but I like. So we we skipped over that Gilbert Godfrey is the voice of the radio station. Like we talked about him being there, and I liked seeing him do the voice while being on the radio because like because his Gilbert Godfrey voice that you know that annoying kind of like you know nasally Gilbert Godfreyness that's not his actual speaking voice. Like if you actually hear him like talk, yeah, he's got a pretty successful podcast. Um, yeah, he definitely does not scream at you the entire time yeah. you listen to it. So when he's actually doing the voice of what you thought was the the host of one oh nine one, which is him, it's just interesting to see like such a different voice come out of him. And that's not even his regular speaking voice either. So that just speaks to his his range, and I thought that was kind of fun. Um, but so when Jamie shows up with uh, Daniel Carpenter, um. Like basically there's this big thing where, uh, Chris is trying to run away and hide, uh, from, um, from the Reapers and, uh, Gilbert Godfrey. And then you keep hearing, uh, the announcer, like the, the, the waiting room announcements of the numbers and they keep ticking upward. So, you know, it's only a matter of like, you know, one or two more people and then Chris is going to go. So I thought that was actually, like I said, another nice way to kind of move the episode forward. Yeah, it was it was nice. So they finally get to his number, and that's right as Gosling brings Mike Pence into the building. And uh, <laughs> I can't go so, without mother. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the Reapers, uh, I, I like calling them Reapers rather than hooded figures. Uh, they're dragging him towards the door and everything, and they push him through as they're trying to convince him that he made a mistake. Um, and as they push him through. Uh, you're talking about Chris, the kid. He gets pushed through. Yeah, when yeah. they push Chris through the doors, something weird happens, and Gilbert Gottfried's like, uh, "Huh, that's never happened before." And uh, Daniel Carpenter explains to him, "Like, I am Daniel Carpenter. You made a mistake." And the doors end up spitting Chris back out. They rejected him, and uh, got, uh, Gilbert Gottfried's like, "Yeah, just." Take the slap bracelet, put it on him. Let's fix it. Sorry, I screwed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, well, I like, yeah, so I like the you line. See that, like, <laughs> sorry, you see that. Depending on what kind of life you live, you either go to heaven or hell. Like yeah. that's. There's so, a, I'm sorry, Daniel <laughs> Carpenter's. It's okay. Daniel Carpenter's not afraid to go, and he goes into the light and everything. And that's yeah. really all you get. I just like the bit though. Whenever um, Gosling's like talking to, to Gottfried, and, and he's like, "Hey, that's my brother," and he's like, "Yeah, prove it." And they never get into how, how you could prove it's his brother. I thought that was like, all right, sure. Um, but but well, yeah. they didn't need to because no. it it spit Chris out before they even had to get that far. Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, prove it. Um, yeah, so everything's all good. And then we cut back to a sunny day, and the music sounds like uh, music out of Ocarina of Time. <laughs> That's <laughs> the true. Zelda game. Yeah. Uh, and 
there's that same jar that Chris was trying to suffocate the bug in earlier in the episode. He lets the bug out and runs away to go play baseball with Ryan Gosling. That's, that was my boy. I was like, oh, he likes sports now, so he must be okay. Like, I'm like yeah, what? he's normal. Now. He's normal now, you know. So, he likes sports. Uh, yeah, he likes sports, and he's you know whatever. So then, that's the end of the story of uh, the station of 109.1. But I just want to mention briefly. So the, the, the you cut back to the framing of the Midnight Society, and the kid finishes telling a story, and then the Midnight Society all huddles together and determines if this kid can be part of the group or not and then they let him in and then he, he immediately is like hey can i get a hug and he goes up to all the girls and they're like no get away from us and then the one the one guy looks at him and is like get him under control or he's out i'm like whoa this took a dark turn like he immediately became like very i don't know like i know it was supposed to be like an innocent joke but now anytime i see anything like that i'm like what is wrong with everybody yeah, and and then they uh, beat him up and <laughs> told him he's never allowed to leave the group. Yeah, uh, right. No, um, but that's yeah, that's it. That's a that's a lot of plot. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's way deeper than I thought this episode was going to go. Yeah. But it's, to be honest, like they tie everything together pretty nicely for such a short episode. Like this pace flies. Mm-hmm. It's it's just nonstop scene after scene after scene. Uh, I feel like there's nothing that could be cut out of it. There's there's really no fat to this episode. Like everything that's set up is paid off pretty well. Um, all, all the characters have a pretty nice character arc, I guess. Like <laughs> it is as one dimensional as it might be. Like everyone kind of. Well, the main thing has right? a resolution. So Chris appreciates life Except more. Except for the parents. Yeah, the parents, Sorry. whatever. But like Chris appreciates life more. Jamie appreciates his brother more. And then and then Gilbert Godfrey appreciates his job more, I guess. I don't know. He realizes that he is possible of making an error. You know, so he gets a little humbled by it a little bit. But he kind yeah, of just and, wants to wash his Mike hands of it. Mike Pence gets to go to the afterlife. <laughs> he does, <so>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets to go to the Indi- Indiana in the sky, you know. Um, but, uh <laughs> But yeah, so that's, I mean, you're right. I just, I guess for me, it was like, I have a thing where like early or mid nineties television, like you said, something about the music and just the look drives me nuts. Oh, it's, it's ugly. Oh yeah. Like there's nothing like the episode doesn't look good. I, I always have a a soft spot for like that overly foggy, uh, shot stuff, but I guess that's more like late eighties. Well, no, this, I mean, maybe because with like that soft focus and everything like they kind of get into when you're in the office slash radio uh, um, station. Yeah, because I mean, this stuff was, I mean, it was shot on video, right? But it wasn't film because I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely shot on video. video. So, I mean, it's going to be a little fuzzy. It's just, it just something about it just. I, you know, I grew up in this time and you think this, this would be what I identify with, but it drives me nuts. And, and when I mentioned the X-Files, go back and watch the first episode of that. It is, it, it's a little haggard just because it would like the, just the time it exists. And it's interesting because the Scully and Mulder have cell phones, but they're like the earliest, not, not like the big, like, you know, shoulder pack ones, but like the earliest, like flip out the thing and pull the antenna out cell phones. And yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. it's a little awkward. And, and then with this though, I was honestly surprised the internet came into play. Like, I don't know why I was just like, Oh, huh. Internet. Like I was not expecting this in this episode that was mainly obsessed with radio signals that the internet would be like something that would help, you know? So that, that was, that was surprising to me. I guess I forgot how early internet, you know, was a thing, you know? Yeah. So I, I guess uh, my big question 
it, there's really not much to talk about with with these episodes um other than going through the plot like that and pointing out goofy stuff that happens um but i was just really interested to see how this episode was going to hold up and uh i i don't know <laughs> i i guess it held up a little bit like i still appreciated the nostalgia factor i guess of it but um yeah it's it's not good <laughs> so okay like if you were to have kids um is this like would you feel like this would be like a good like trading wheels of horror to get them excited for some of the stuff to kind of also show them that it's all like in good fun as opposed to you know because i feel like there's that question I of like so. age group, i think right? i think you'd have to pick and choose because there are better episodes um i i don't know if this would be an episode that i would show them but there's stuff like the pool monster in the high school. Um, it, it like that's pretty terrifying, but it, it all ends up being pretty good, clean fun at the end and everything. So I, I think some of the episodes I definitely would. I just don't know if these would translate to kids now. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I, I don't know. Cause like, just thinking, yeah. there, there's something like you said about this period that things don't play as well. Like I, I can see like showing, showing kids gremlins these days and it holding up. There's something a little bit more timeless about some of those eighties, uh, family horror films, if you will. Um, but I, I just don't know if these hold up well enough. Well, and I will say though, that I feel like this, this was right place, right time for a show like this, because you gave like the early teenagers something to really like, you know, this is their, Tales from the Dark Side or Tales from the Crypt, right? And it was okay because Nickelodeon yeah, completely wouldn't veer off and do something completely like you know off-putting, right? So parents could trust it too. And like, but I, I mean, yeah. some of these episodes were really off-putting, like that vampire in the hospital one. It was a vampire living down in like the basement of the hospital in a casket who would come up and steal blood packets to survive, hmm. and it, like the pool monster one, which is always a memorable one for me. It was like a kid who had died in the pool. It was like the skeleton ghost. And the only way they could end up seeing it was by pouring like this chlorine mix on it. So it turned like this blood red and it almost looked like the skeleton creature from like creep show. Like, so they did go to some ends that you wouldn't expect them to on the show. Um, but yeah, I, I I like your reference to, to being like this uh, to I guess my generation's like Tales from the Dark Side, because um, I other than like amazing stories, I don't know how many other family friendly um, anthology shows there were. Yeah, I know. So I can't this recall. was really like as far as horror, one of the first things I can think of as far as TV that was really horror geared towards kids that wasn't like Scooby Doo or something of that level. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could think of, and this is a little weird to say this, is like, is the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Growing up, that actually went, yeah, to, some, the, that went to some pretty weird places, too, at times, you know? Yeah, there were there were cartoons, and that's why I mean, like, Scooby-Doo as well. Like, there are some, some episodes um, that went to some interesting places, I guess, with, like, ghost pirates and stuff that <laughs> might be creepy, but, like... <laughs> um, but yeah, it, there was never really any live action like anthology shows like this. Yeah. Uh geared towards kids, and especially horror. Like Amazing Stories wasn't necessarily horror all the time. No, it wasn't. And that was prime time and that was uh 
it was you know like I would love to do an amazing stories episode on on Strange Highways at some point because yeah. there was some there but was it some was cool it was ones. more yeah. family friendly than something like say Tales from the Crypt. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, so it's it's that's what I mean. It's something that's like really geared towards kids, but horror related. So they, so then I grew up watching Tales from the Dark Side and Monsters. You know, like that was yeah, like which it, I don't know if you saw Monsters just popped up on Amazon Prime. Really? Like is it yeah. part of Prime to watch? Like part yes. of Prime. Ooh, yes. that's going to be interesting because I know, like I, I selfishly bought you uh, Tales from the Dark Side the series because I'm like we got to watch it together. You know, like that's pretty much why I bought it. So we'd have I'd have a friend to talk about it with. Um, but like I, yeah, monsters would be interesting too. Like I was talking to a friend of the show Steve, who does Invasion of the Podcast with me. He's been watching a lot of monsters and he's like, like every third one's pretty good, but the rest of it's kind of garbage. I'm like, I can't <laughs> wait to watch some of it. So yes, all of season one just got uploaded onto um, uh, Amazon prime that's interesting i might have to check that out um yeah so i don't know this was this was fun a fun experiment and i'm sure there'll be people that we know that are like but what about this episode of are you afraid of the dark or this one and fine you guys recommend it and if you want to help like you want to make this a possibility then let us know well i don't care like it'll be fun uh but this was just weird because it is ryan gosling's first appearance you know (laughs) and just like the fact that he would go on to be like, you know, a legitimate actor in Oscar winning movies and, and all of that. That's, that's great. I, I really appreciate that. Um, and it's, it also deals with radio. Like we talked a little bit about static, like the, the idea of using radio to communicate like, you know, otherworldly things is always creepy. Um, and I'll give this episode credit. I did a little bit of research about the FM broadcast band that kind of legitimate, legitimate line, whatever makes this legitimate the 109.1 i can't even say it Um, so uh i'll tell you this here's my bit of your fun fun fact for the episode um the fm broadcast band goes up to 108 uh, megahertz right and so 1945 the united states uh, fcc decided to move uh most of the fm broadcast from 88.1 um up to 105.9 like up to later to 107.9 uh, because the, the bands were in the lower, like twenties, thirties, forties. Um, and it was expensive at the time to do it. And people had to buy adapters and all this stuff. The reason this happened is because, um, let's see here. RCA did not want FM radio to become dominant. Um, although the higher frequencies had fewer interference problems, RCA conducted an organized campaign of misinformation, uh, and this protected RCA and other networks investments in AM radio and avoided competition with television, which RCA wanted to focus on. So they pushed to move FM upward because they didn't want to have any, like any competition with AM radio. And then by default, they made FM the more appealing choice. (laughs) Man, that's that's crazy. But yeah, it so, sounds it sounds familiar with the stuff we deal with now. <laughs> yeah, who'd have thought? Um, but yeah, the fact that um, that one hundred nine point one, you know, that's not a frequency. Which I mean, obviously, that's that's the point of this episode. But the highest you can get was uh, a one hundred seven point nine, which is always you know one hundred seven point nine, the end or whatever they call it. Yeah, know, so. at least in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, I re- yeah. I remember watching this episode when I was younger and trying to pull that dial past. And like maybe I can get there. Maybe let's see. Maybe you can find Gilbert. It never Godfrey. worked. <laughs> Maybe Mike Pence will appear. I hope not. <laughs> oh no. All right. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. I just, um, this was a fun experiment. Uh, it was, um, a challenge. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like twilight zone. There's a lot to dig into as far as like, it, he deals with a lot of current event and uh, I guess societal issues and human issues and everything. Um, 
this doesn't really go that deep. So it's it's kind of hard to give some sort of analysis on the episode other than like, oh, Ryan Gosling came and winked at the camera. <laughs> like how exciting. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I I guess it was fun. It held up better than I thought it would. I guess that's. Yeah. And I get all I can say. And so like whatever I told my wife that we were going to watch this, she got super excited because she thought I had the entire series. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's the one episode. Then she got, then she wasn't as excited. So like, (laughs) she's like, I've never seen this episode. (laughs) Yeah. So, Uh um, so, but now that you, you said during our last episode of strange highways that um, the bulk of these are on uh, daily motion. Like that's yes. Okay. So I'm sure you guys can find this one or whatever. The one with the pool monster and the vampire and, Whatever else, you know, I'm sure you can find all that there and have a spooky good time. And if there's any other episodes that may, maybe might be worth our time, because maybe maybe there's a child actor that wants to do something big. That'd be fun, you know. Yeah, and uh, I want to give a shout out. A um, few months ago, our buddy Tom, who was on the podcast um, for After Hours from uh, previously of the Film for Thought podcast, he now has a new show called Tom and Tay's House of Horror going back to doing strictly horror. They actually went back and did a few, are you afraid of the dark and goosebumps episodes? Oh, okay. Um, so they do a pretty fun analysis of them. Um, they were a lot harsher on the episodes <laughs> than we were on this one, <laughs> but definitely go check out his new show. Uh, great guy, great friend of the show. So, um, figured I, I kept many, kept meaning to bring them up, uh, past couple episodes and I keep forgetting. So, um, I figured like this was the perfect, perfect. one to do so. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's going to do it for, um, you know, this, this, uh, experiment of an episode, this is going to do it for the tale of station 109.1, the end. Um, so yeah, uh, Kevin, how can people get a hold of us? Yeah, please. If, if you have any other recommendations for detours, um, it's kind of nice getting out of our usual comfort zone with twilight zone and doing something strange like this. If there's some anthology TV shows or, uh, uh, even, I would love to do North by Northwest at some point, just because we've had so many discussions uh, about actors who have been in that movie on previous episodes, something like that. If you have any recommendations to do for the show, like please send us email at strange highways podcast. Let us know uh, what you're into. If there's something you want to hear us cover Um, every once in a while, I'm, I'm totally down for doing something a little bit different. Um, But you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at strange highways podcast. Join the conversation on there. Um, Please subscribe to us and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Satchel, Google Play, and uh, Podbean. Um, any of those uh, places you can find us, it would definitely help us out if you would rate and review. Yeah, so, perfect. So, yeah. Uh, like I said uh, last week, uh, the next week, the uh, Twilight Zone episode is uh, the Rip Van Winkle caper. So, we'll get there when we get there. Um, but that's that's two weeks from now. So, we're taking a week off. Uh, secretly, you guys didn't know we're actually taking two weeks off, but we're recording this in advance. Ha <laughs> ha. That's a twist. Oh. Twist. spoiling the illusion twist um so yeah we'll be back uh, five stars yeah <laughs> five stars we'll be back at the beginning of uh march and our second week of march sometime in march and then we'll we'll do more uh twilight zone so until then um you know have a have a have a good two weeks off and uh i, I guess i guess this help mike pence get home i don't know <laughs> that's what i was gonna say <laughs> damn it <laughs>
you can't read? Here, knock window. Do not on the. Let's try it together, shall we? Do not knock on the window.